Will the Buckeyes lay another beat down in Bloomington, or can the ghost of Normandale save the Hoosiers? <laughs> we'll discuss it tonight on the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance, along with my co-host Johnny Ray Genner, as we begin the first stop of our world tour. We're on the road uh, this time at Buffalo Wild Wings in Grandview, the first of many stops between now and the Big Ten Championship game, where we're going to be taking the Dubcast on the road thanks to the official sports bar of 11 Warriors, Buffalo Wild Wings. Johnny, we got some wings in this. You ready to talk sports tonight with a, a live audience for the first time in a while? I'm really excited to do that. We did this last year with No Cat Pod and Tyvis Powell and Jason. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I just ate eight wings. Um, I didn't. Like, I'm like, ah, I'm not a glutton. Yeah, I am a glutton. I ate eight wings, two mozzarella sticks, and I think about ten tater tots. So I'm good. All right, let's get your review. What wings did you have and how did you find them? I had the mango habanero wings and uh, just the regular kind of like buffalo kind of wings. And uh, mango habanero is my jam. I like it. All right. Last time you and I were here at this particular location, we did the, the Reaper wing challenge. We did. That was legit. How on the scale of uh, hot from, well, that's nice to hotter than the damn blazes. How did the mango habanero compare to the oh, Reapers? Mango habanero is fine. That's that. If you're. Like, okay, so let's say 10's the Carolina Reapers. I would say Mega Hymner is like maybe a five. And, and frankly, I would like to say, I would want to point out that last time we did this, yeah. Andy, okay, our, our compatriots were out here trying to, you know, consume these Carolina Reaper wings. We had no problem with that. I had four of them. You had, I think, four or five. We were totally fine. Yeah, so, I cleaned my plate. I was in the clean plate club. Right. So I, I'm just saying, if, if anybody else wants to try to challenge us at some point, I have no problem. We are the uh, undefeated. Uh, members of the 11 Warriors staff. That's right. When it comes to the Reaper Challenge, so yeah, that'll we'll we'll hold that we'll hold that as a feather in our cap. I think. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the show. You know, things we're going to talk about tonight, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Indiana for obvious reasons. We're also going to dig into linebacker play and and our expectations for Saturday's game. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about whether or not Ohio State. Uh, rounds into form in the second half like it looked they were heading into the bye week. Is the death machine finally fully assembled, or will the defense uh, continue to be a potential thorn in the side of a championship contender? All right, let's start with maybe our midterm report card, Johnny. Six games in, a bye week done. How are you feeling about what this team looks like at the midway point through the regular season? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not great. Right, and and that's the thing. Like Ohio State fans, you're like, oh, that's got to be. Is that is that typical like midwestern understatement? Like <laughs> mid midwestern nice? Like oh, they're okay. That's so. That's so. That's so. I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job <laughs> against Tulsa. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing for Ohio State, obviously. I mean, you want to see consistency from the defense and the offense. Like that's a plus, right? Like the highest scoring team in the country. Um, there's really nothing you can complain about. Although people did. Yeah. And have complained about things, but like, I just want to see against teams that aren't necessarily like Rutgers. How is the defense going to play at the end of October, middle of November, end of November? Because that's if you're talking about championships and winning the Big Ten and potentially making noise in the college football playoff, that you've got to see consistency at a really high level, and we just don't know yet. We don't know. So, offense A plus. I don't know what else you can say about it. Defense. That's an incomplete, and maybe B minus, C plus. So, looking at the national picture, and I don't want to spend too much time on that yet. We'll come to that more later because I have a an ask us anything question specifically for you. Oh, that's fantastic uh, about the national scene. But 
when you're when you're looking at the national picture, you've got Ohio State slotted in at number five in the polls this yep. week. You know, is that is that just right? Is that too low? Is that too high? Is that, are you gonna are you gonna be Goldilocks and say it's? How do you, what do you what do you think? Like, where do you feel they are in the greater hierarchy of? Is any team ranked <laughs> correctly? Like beyond I mean, Georgia's right, right? Yeah, Georgia's correct, right? And and I think you know, but like you watch Iowa's number two, man. Were they the second best team in the country? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I I would disagree with I mean, that assessment. I mean, I mean Purdue is. Purdue, Purdue proved no, they were not the yeah. second best team in the country, so, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think you can approximate a uh, a five for Ohio State. But I just, you know, this feels like everything has been prelude to this point, uh-huh. right? And, and we had a bunch of teams, not just in the Big Ten, but I think nationally having bye weeks, you know, middle or early October. And now things get real serious. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm using my serious Johnny voice. And, in, and like... Yeah, five I think is appropriate. That could change in two weeks. I have no idea. Well, and the old adage is, you know, you can't, you, you don't win titles in October. You win them in November, right? But you can sure as heck lose them in October, <laughs> right? I, I mean, as Iowa, Iowa has proven, you know, with the the curse game to right for, and you, to and the you, bo- Boilermakers, and you may not necessarily lose them in September, and that's really the thing because when we try to play this horse race and, and determine, you know, which are the best teams on a weekly basis. And we look at September and we go, okay, well, this is the the criteria that we're going to use for the rest of the season. Obviously, that's not really applicable when when you see these big upsets. So I'm just really interested to see in the next couple weeks how things shake out because I I think there's going to be a lot of change in the top 10, not just because you have some of these teams playing each other, but in large part because people are going to kind of wake up and go like, I don't know why we put that team there. Why did, what, like, you know, again, I'm not hating on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a really easy schedule on the way out, mm-hmm. um, but they may have a down week where people kind of question, like, oh, they didn't score 50 points? Maybe, maybe they're not on top. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. You got, you got to see more data, I guess is my point. All right, I want to, let's do some, you know, mid, midterm report card, as I called it earlier. I want you to, being the educator that you are, the, <laughs> the molder of young minds, sure. you have, you have uh, <laughs> given out a few grades uh-huh. in your illustrious career. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a unit, and you're going to assign them your letter grade. Oh, goodness. Through the first half of the regular season. Okay. Let's start with an easy one. Wide receivers. Oh, I mean, that's got to be A plus, right? Yeah, like, that's what? A plus. And what yeah. kind, I mean, they, they don't need any kind of extra credit to get there. No, I mean... The thing is, when you look at wide receivers in Ohio State throughout history, there are different guys that have been hyped up and whatnot. I, to me, this is one of those things where we talked about, like with Justin Fields, for example. Like we, we talk about all the time internally, where does he stand among Ohio State quarterbacks? And I think the general consensus, especially among 11 Warriors, is like, look, this dude, technically, skill-wise, all the, he's probably the best quarterback Ohio State had ever seen. Yeah. I think you can make some of those same claims about some of the wide receivers. Like, again, you've got really stiff competition there. I'm not taking that away historically. Um, Shout out to fellow Middletonian uh, Chris Carter. Um, But I think you're looking at some historic stuff right now with these wide receivers. Um, And it's it's really amazing to watch. Yeah, top top to bottom. I mean, we're not just talking about one or two standouts. I mean, plug, plug, plug and play. All right, running backs. That's it. I, w- I want to get your take on that. What do you? Because I I think there are a lot of different ways that people go. I think in some cases, in some ways, I mean, Travion Henderson obviously has been kind of a, a big time you know, elevation. But like, 
How do you feel about it? What are you, what are you thinking on that? Because I, I, I would give a solid like B, B plus right now, but I, a lot of people may say like an A or A minus. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give them an A. I mean, okay. there's, not a whole lot, there's not a whole lot more I want out of them that I didn't see, and I think that they're... I think there is a, a tool in the toolbox for every occasion mm. in, in that room. And I would also, I, I think, to your point, um, Henderson's ability to, to catch the ball and make things happen mm. out of the bat. I mean, good Lord, that's, that's amazing. Because well, you always talk about the dual-threat quarterback. Right. But, I mean, he, he's a true dual-threat running back because, right. uh, what, that last game prior to the bye, he was targeted four times uh, to catch a pass. He caught all four of them and <laughs> 60, 70 yards, yeah. I think, of total production there. It was yeah. pretty fantastic. Right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, keep going down the track. So offensive line. Offensive line is interesting to me. I, I think they've done a good job. Uh, Stroud's kept a clean shirt for most of the part, for yeah. the most part. That's, that's something I think that, A, you see with a guy who doesn't always get himself in trouble, but also they're just doing a good job understanding that you got – a guy at quarterback, not a ton of experience. You really need to make sure in pass pro that you're doing what you need to do to, to keep that guy sane, right, and yep. not freak out. So I think they've done a really good job, and I think I'd give them a B plus. I think they've done really well. Yeah, that's I see, and this is another one where I'm going to give those guys an, an A for the reason that you outlined. I'm a harsh grader. You, oh, you should... are. I'm learning something about you as a teacher. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm giving those guys an A because of what you said about keeping the young freshman quarterback yeah. clean, upright, and healthy. Right. Uh, big deal. It, it is a big deal. I mean, you might you might have said, well, I'd like to see him blow up guys more in in uh, protection on the, the running game. You know, might mm-hmm. like to see him clear some lanes, open some holes. But they've still done a great job with that. They've I done know. a great job with that. And, and what I keep thinking to myself is we've seen this offense evolve into more of the balance. You see, it's not the 250-250 Urban Meyer, like, no. spread to run kind of deal. It's this is a pro oriented offense. I won't say pro-stop. This is a pro-oriented offense where you're going to pass the ball more than you're going to run yeah. the ball. Well, I think 250-250 thing's dumb, anyway. <laughs> it's, like, certainly got, well, it's certainly got no shortage of comments from the folks who follow the NFL well, when, the old, when the, 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 the old coach said it a few weeks ago. What I mean is, in general, if, if you have a team that can accomplish 250 yards on the ground and 250 yards for the air every game, that's fantastic. Do that. It's, it's situational. If you have a team that can win by 60 points, throwing the ball 70 times a game and never run it, like, do that. If, if you have to run it out and, you know, you're, what, 2000, I think it was 2007 Michigan where Beanie Wells runs it 500 times and you know, <laughs> there's 300 total yards in the game, that's, that's fine, too. You still won the game. So I think one of the things that um, maybe frustrated me about Urban Meyer in terms of his play calling is he's, he was so wedded sometimes to the idea that certain players had to do certain things in certain situations. Yeah. I don't think Ryan Day is that kind of play caller. No. He, he looks for what works best. Whatever the defense has given him, he'll take. And that's, that's fantastic. And it especially helps when you have playmakers all around the field. But like, it's important not to be so wedded to a concept that it ends up hurting you offensively. Well, so we talked many times about Urban Meyer had a safety blanket. You know, it was JT yep. Barrett running the ball a million times. You know, we just screaming at the TV to give Hyde the damn ball. <laughs> right. Uh, so my question is, have we figured out what Ryan Day's safety blanket is yet? Does he have one? That's a good question. I don't, I, I mean, I think he loves the, you know, the little flat routes, right, where he just yep. kind of the little flare passes, like the, the screen passes to Olave where he's, like, c- catching it behind the line of scrimmage, going for, like, 50, 15, 20 yards, but it makes no sense. Nobody can catch up with him. We talked think, about that a few weeks ago. Like, nobody uses that short passing right. game 
as an extension of their running game Correct. better than Ohio State. Yes, and I think that is kind of his, you know, I'm not sure that I know if the quarterback's in rhythm. I'm not sure if the running back, you know, whoever's out there is, is doing what we need to have him do. That, I think, is probably his safety blanket. I okay. think that's probably where they're going. All right, to finish our offensive grades, this is the, this is the one I'm really <laughs> going to test you. Quarterback. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. C.J. Stroud is the next Heisman winner. Um, I, now, now you, you say that, and I know you're being a little facetious, and my question no, is, is C.J. Stroud not getting enough Heisman love? I mean, I mean, we're six games into a season where Ohio State's already lost a game, but it kind of surprised me when I looked at the athletic straw poll this mm-hmm. week that, I mean, he's down toward the bottom of people. I mean, maybe one or two toward the bottom of people that got votes in their straw poll. Right. And, I'm, and I didn't bother to look up the methodology or how many voters they had or whether they're people I care about their opinions or, or, mm-hmm. or not. But it just really surprised me after the games that he had leading up to the bye week. Now, maybe the fact that they took the poll during a bye week <laughs> played some, you know, recency bias is a thing. Well, and I also think... I mean, one thing that obviously helps C.J. Stroud is that he plays for Ohio State, right? So yeah. you're going you're gonna to get a little bit of a uh, bump on that. I, so the odds makers, right? And this is... Have him at what, maybe three? Yeah, I, I think he's in the top five, like yeah. around three. Like that's a, you know... And I think given Ohio State's opportunity to show him off, right, in some marquee yep. games, given the fact that it's Ohio State period, and the fact that the rest of the field, like there's some guys, you know, Spencer Rattler fell off. So he has an opportunity, I think, to really step up and, and potentially enter that conversation for realties. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, we'll see. I feel like this is, again, an award that you can, you can lose in September or uh, October. <laughs> Spencer Rattler says yeah. hello. Uh, but you really you win it, like, in the second half of the season. Yeah, well, you win, I think you win in the last like, quarter of the season, yeah. the last you know, few games, because honestly... You know, people will try to create um, narratives and, and they want to talk about, you know, who are the players to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and when they're starting, you know, when ESPN, Fox, whoever, when they're starting to build narratives for the end of the season and talk about championships and whatnot, obviously they want to include uh, players in their, um, you know, in their promos and things like sure. that. They're trying to create that inertia, right? Yep. And so I think if momentum. you can, Momentum. And yeah, and, and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And if you can um, establish that by like early November, you're yep. one of the. If you're one of the three guys, then I think you're you've got a shot. And the criteria, right? You know, we've they've changed the official criteria. It's no longer you know best player in college football. It's yes, the, the quarterback, best quarterback, quarterback on a playoff right. <laughs> caliber right. team, right? Right. Like For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now let's let's shift. We we covered the offense. Uh, well, what was your serious grade? Are you given Stroud an A plus? Honestly, no, I wouldn't give him an A plus, but I think. I think he's an A minus, yeah. and, and like, you know, I can't. I look at his stats. I go through these things when I'm writing articles and whatnot. And I'm like, basically had one mediocre game, and even then, like you're being asked to shoulder most of the offense against Oregon. Like, I, I don't know how much you can really find fault with what he's done. And and I will never stop saying he was not the reason they lost no, that God game. No. And so don't bring me that <laughs> weak sauce. That's right. I don't. I don't want to hear it. All right, defense. All right, let's. Uh, well, this is a little harder. So it's easy when you have the the number one offense in the country to just hand out uh, A's and A pluses can, and maybe a B plus. Can I ask you? Are you? How do you feel about the defensive line? Like, if you're giving out a grade, because this is this is one of those things where I'm like, 
Larry Johnson. We love Larry. We talk Larry up all the time. He's yes, great. I do. He's, he's the best to ever do it. He is. He's fantastic. And there are some individual players, right? Tyler's mm-hmm. done an incredible job. Yeah. Uh, but as a unit, I, I think there's some room for improvement. I think so, especially when you're talking about like sack numbers, things like that. Yeah, and you know, Coach Day talked about that a little bit this week, and he said, uh, you know, Larry's rotations, he said sometimes it gets a little chaotic, which I thought was <laughs> interesting because, I mean, his rotation's been part of his bread and butter and, and maybe why they've looked right. so great. I, you know, the thing that I, I keep reminding myself is that's a unit that starts with obscenely high expectations, yes. maybe more so than any other unit on the team because these guys are following a pair of Boses and a Chase Young, and, mm-hmm. and, and not for nothing, their own uh, expectations based on their recruiting stars, the individual players in the unit, pretty pretty sky high. So when I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm a little kind of disappointed that they haven't just looked like all-world pass rushers or all-world, you know, down linemen. I, is it because I'm expecting way too much to start with from them? Uh, I, you know, I'm going to give them, I guess, a solid B, B minus. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there again, I think it's probably because of expectations. Have they done anything wrong? No. Have they gotten, you know, have they gotten whipped out behind the barn? No. no. Uh, but I, I expected more earlier. Now I feel like their momentum is in their favor right now. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats, I mean, they're you know, sacks per game, top fifteen. Can't complain about that. Yeah, see, that's and I wouldn't have believed that until you said that. Exactly, right. And that's like, why if I you'd asked me, I'm like, nah, no, that's no, no, right. no way. It's, it's not until you look at the data where you're like, oh, okay, well, that's actually not terrible. Right. And, and some of that is too situational, right? Because if yeah. you, you know, you rack up 20 sacks against a crappy team, like nobody's going to be super impressed by that. But um, it was five, the high water mark, I think five yeah. in the Rutgers game. I think something like that. But I guess what I'm saying is is that I agree with you that it is they are kind of rounding into form mm-hmm. um, there's going to be some tests but like you know you're looking at the quarterbacks in the Big Ten right you know you got your Peyton Thorns and mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez and all like there's an opportunity to get some sacks is, is my point it's going to be an opportunity to get some sacks this week because I think yes. the team they're playing has one of the worst offensive lines in the <laughs> Big Ten East. And and they're dealing with uh, some quarterback issues of them. Yeah. Own. So that that will be some feast. When Otherwise, it's been famine at some certain times. <clears throat> All right. I, I've been saying for, I mean, a few games now that surprisingly the defensive backs, the cornerbacks in particular, have been the strength of this defense. Uh, am I reading that right? What's your grade for defensive back play? Ah. Uh, I give a solid B. Like you know, like there's there's some there's some deficiencies. I'm not gonna lie, but you see some of the again the individual performances are things that I find incredibly interesting with this defense. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they have a super cohesive like whole, but some of the younger players. I mean, you look at like you know Hickman and of course Denzel Burke. Like that's those are players that you watch and just jump off the screen. When you're when you're watching a game, and and I love that. That's that's part of why I love watching college football because you see those individual performances. And a guy will take over a unit or a game, and it's just incredibly entertaining to watch. So as far as like maybe a cohesive whole, am I happy with what I'm seeing? Completely no, but there's a lot there to like, and there's a lot there to watch. And there's been some individual stars that have stepped up that. You know, I don't know if people expect that we talk about Denzel Burke a lot, mm. uh, Ronnie the Rocket Hickman. That's right. You know, these guys have been pretty fantastic. Now, that brings us back to, you know, for me, <laughs> the liability 
on the defense, the linebackers, yeah. and your grade professor is <laughs> a C, a C minus. I mean, there's, there's. Are you being too place. generous? No, I, I mean maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I will say that, you know, I can be an inconsistent grader depending on my mood. <laughs> Sometimes that's just what students get. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think that's probably accurate. It's not that they are horrific or anything like that, but they're not to the expectations that you have for Ohio State. And that's, that's the thing. It, 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 what are you comparing it against? What do you expect? And a lot of times, it's not Ohio State comparing against itself. You're looking at other teams. I remember at the beginning of the season how envious were all of us when we were watching, like, Georgia play defense in the yep. first couple games. Like, just salivating. Like, why can't we do that? And... That's the standard, right? So if that's the standard, then yeah, that's that's mediocre play. I mean, to me, the standard is you know Chris Spielman. I was the I was <laughs> right. reading today, you know, uh, Spielman inducted into the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor, uh, yep. as as well he should be. I mean, part of me was like, well, it's about damn time. Uh, you know, that guy's fantastic. I can't well, believe it wasn't in there already. Right. I was like, what were they waiting yeah. for? Did I twenty twenty one? When did he stop playing? Mid nineties? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, it's been a minute. So. Spielman, um, you know, one of many really outstanding linebackers to roll through Ohio State. I mean, it's not like, I mean, you could, you could make a claim at one point, I think, that the, the Ohio State has serious claim toward that whole LBU yeah. kind of moniker, right? If you look at through Jim Trestle's teams, always had outstanding linebackers. You, I mean, Spielman's era, it, all up and down through history have been really fantastic linebackers. And it feels like it's been a minute. <laughs> Since we've had a unit of Stone Cold Killers. It's interesting because, you know, when I was at Ohio State as an undergrad, I remember, you know, some of the mission games. I remember um, Bobby Carpenter getting hurt during, mm-hmm. uh, I think, 2000, I want to say 2005, maybe? 2007, something like that. And uh, the guy that they have to bring in, right, and and, and replace him is, is, you know, a little guy named James Ornitis. Like, yeah. To, in a mission game for his first real big-time action. And... You know, when when you can pass the baton that way, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty amazing to see. And I agree with you. I mean, Ohio State doesn't necessarily have that right now. Um, and if you're an Ohio State fan that's been watching for the past 20, 25 years, that's your expectation. That's what you want. Yeah, and, and you look at, here again, we've been talking about rotations, and the defense is rotated in a lot of guys because apparently early in the season we just weren't sure who was going to show up and show out, as the kids right. say these days. It feels like that's starting to flatten out a little bit and get get a little more, uh, you know, of a feel for who really the guys are going to be moving the, mm-hmm. you know, moving this thing forward. I thought it was interesting this week. Um, you know, there was some discussion about steel chambers um, and uh, which is okay, fascinating in know. of itself, by the way. <laughs> I just love this guy. Incredible. Story. Yeah, I, love, I mean, I love this guy's story. Not even playing the position right. three months ago, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's. He's the guy. He's the guy. Like, it's, it's just fascinating. Um, now, again, that's one of those things where if you're a fan, there's some criticism there because, like, why are you figuring that out midseason? Right? Well, and, and the other thing it says to me is, like, what, what's happened in recruiting this position? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why hasn't this been more successful? Yeah, and, and not every player is going to pan out, and that's fine, um, but you want to be able to develop players that can, right? I mean, you look at other positions. I mean, you look at a guy like Chris Olave, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where are those guys who step up? Where those those guys could be developed and then take on that extra um, playing time, production, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then there's injuries. So ten linebackers 
were in the rotation in the first six games. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I didn't, I, I, You're only and, three and, on the field at a time, usually. Like, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Our, our colleague Griffin, you know, had that in the lead of the story, uh-huh. talking about uh, Chambers and uh, Neoteote earlier this week. And when I read that data point, I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> that's a, you, you added a... <laughs> <laughs> Is that legit? Yeah, yeah no, that's legit. You added legit. a couple there to the slot. There's no way. So, and when you look at what you need to see in the second half of the season, I mean, to me, that's the unit that's got to tighten things up, yeah. especially as Ohio State gets into the tougher weeks that are going to be there in November when you're looking at teams like Penn State and you're looking at Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan, I mean, I mean, obviously, at Michigan State, you got a guy who's going to run it 50 times a game. But even Mich- Michigan's a run first team, right? right? They're not they're not expecting Cade McNamara to, <laughs> to throw them out of trouble. So, yeah, you got to get real good on run defense real fast. And when I go back to Oregon, it wasn't that Oregon just threw the ball a bajillion times. And What did we gashed, talk about? What it, did we talk Third down. What did man, we talk about? Was that so stat painful to watch. is insane. That. The fact that they were ranked, they were ranked in the month of September 115th in the nation in third, opponent third down conversion percentage. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. And now they've, they've improved quite a bit, but they're still in the 90s nationally. That is definitely something that they've got to improve upon. That's a huge deal. Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, to me, if they're going to get this thing moving toward you know, a playoff berth, God forbid, but, but certainly a Big Ten <laughs> championship, that's the that's the unit to me. I've got to see the most out of in the second half. All right, let's uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit. We'll go back to the national scene. We've gotten through our, our report card here, as it were, for the team through the first half. Uh, as as you watched games this week, a bye week. <laughs> favorite game you watched? Oh, I mean, Ole Miss Tennessee. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> How could there be a better game than that? Joey Freshwater makes his triumphant return. Good lord, Dude, people throwing golf balls like him. You know, just like. He's like he wasn't a screwdriver, you know. Oh my God, golf ball's pretty mild. I just, I, yeah, I love every single second of that because I, I will admit that I have a kind of an inherent bias against uh, both Ole Miss and Tennessee, but I will say it was just, first of all, a highly entertaining game, and then, you know, you get to have the prerequisite hand wringing over fans behaving badly, and they did behave badly, and they shouldn't have done that, but. Um, it's just funny as hell, and that's the, like it's it's just entertaining, and especially that's the thing you you want to have that like you know that late night end of the day kind of like excitement because you're kind of you, you're worn out, your body is physically exhausted from sitting on a couch all day, and you need to have one of those big time like games to kind of like finish the day off right, and it was it was great, it was absolutely fun, I loved it. What odds would you have given Purdue to upset Iowa? One hundred percent. What are you talking? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Number There's one. There's no way they were going to lose that game. How how is it that Purdue is on the whole not very good, and yet annually they come in and and upset? I mean, the the stats on that game, the number of times that Purdue, the number of wins Purdue has as an unranked team over an AP one or two. Jesus. I mean, it's literally like the most in. <laughs> FBS. You know what? That's why Darryl Hellyser got fired, because he didn't keep up that tradition. It's not that he didn't make Purdue great. It's that he didn't have Purdue upset random teams for no reason whatsoever. Number, now get this, most all-time wins against AP top two teams. Now, this is of all teams, right? Okay. Okay, so the most, <laughs> Notre Dame at 17, Ohio State is 16, USC is 16, Oklahoma has 14. These are all teams you would expect to beat 
Yeah, a number two team. Notre right? Dame's <laughs> wins were all from 1940 and before. After so. after beating Iowa, Purdue has 13 <laughs> wins <laughs> over. They're number five in history. That rules. At That's so great. AP number two, like that just I that love blows it. my mind. Now I have to. You know, in, in full disclosure, you know, I did uh, part of my graduate studies at Purdue, so I have a little of affinity for the Boilermakers. But I, the, the, the question I have for you is now, has have they expended their dark magic <laughs> for the season, and can I now not God, I sweat? Hope so. No, uh, you, <laughs> no, you can't. No, you cannot relax for one single second. I'm sorry. That, that, no, because people are like, oh, well, they, you know, they shot their shot, and so that they, they did the upset, and everything should be copacetic and normal. No. That's not how college football That's works. works. That's not how it works. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, you need to be as nervous as you would always be uh, against Purdue um, when Ohio State plays them next. And I, I know it's, okay, it's not West Lafayette. Fine. I don't care. That's still horrific, like, karma. I, I, yeah, I want no part of that. And, of course, now they're number 25 Purdue. Maybe <laughs> That's being, right, right. Maybe being ranked. <laughs> it's like cutting Samson's hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, now. <laughs> Speaking of weird upsets by unranked teams, how nervous should the average fan be going into Bloomington Saturday night? A big night game uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, you know, in, in a hostile road environment. What do you, what do you, let's talk about Indiana. We haven't spent any time on the Hoosiers yet. Let's do that. I don't think that nervous, honestly. I know, I know people are like, ah, defense pretty good. I mean, we went into the Rutgers game giving yeah. Rutgers way too much respect out of because of Greg Schiano. Like, we were all like, oh, you know, this could be a really interesting game. It was not an interesting game. I think on the dubcast I said that the line was appropriate, and then that's what, like 14, 15, 17 yeah. points, yeah. and then they won by like 100. It was a good old-fashioned butt whooping. Yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to get arrogant and stupid and say that Ohio State's going to win like by 45-ish, something like that. All right, so put the marker down now. If things go pear-shaped well, on it, Saturday, it's it, Johnny Ginner's fault. Exactly. And, and, yes, you can do that, and then you can go to my house and, and you know, burn it down or whatever. But um, offensively, Indiana's just got too many issues, and, you know, especially, you know, with Penix out. Like, that's – yeah, they're, they're really screwed. So I, I think Ohio State's going to roll easy. And Tom Allen will hang his hat on defense, but I honestly don't – expect Indiana's defense to Ohio State's offense is that good yeah who are, I mean, yeah who are they playing right like they're playing Ohio State they're playing the best offense in the country by a wide margin with that in mind what are you going to be watching Saturday night so this is the kind of game where we'd say you're not going to necessarily declare oh Ohio State is x after this game because right. you're going to wait and say well it was Indiana but what are things you the astute observer of college football <laughs> semi are going to be watching Saturday night I I really want, as far as Ohio State, Indiana goes, Yeah, I would say that I really just want to see a continuing improvement, obviously in the run defense, but like in, in the rushing game for Ohio State. I want to see how that's being integrated into what they do and if it's like something that, that builds off the passing game and then vice versa, right? So it's, it appears sometimes where, okay, you know, running game's doing really well. We'll just lean on that. And then maybe it stops working so hot. And then we got to shift to the passing game. It doesn't seem as integrated sometimes as it could be. I want to see if they can maybe have a really fully um, cohesive game plan where everything works all the time. Because I think they're capable of that. And I'm curious to see coming off a of bye week if that's what happens. Yeah. And, and so offense, defense. And on, on, the one, on the one hand, you know, I, I guess my expectations are the offense continues to look like the 800-pound gorilla. What do you uh, so for CJ Stroud? What would you say? What What do you want to see out of that dude? 
Like stats. I, I don't need to see anything different than I've already been seeing. I mean, okay. Guys throwing for 400 yards. 400 you yards again. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, okay. just keep doing that. So Just keep doing that. Here, My biggest thing with him, and I agree, I don't care how many yards he ends up going for. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to see no turnovers. That's my biggest yeah. thing. Because that was, that was, if you want to make a legitimate criticism, I think of him at the beginning of the season. In the first three games. First three games, not as good taking care of the ball. Come off a of bye week, make sure that zero interceptions, zero turnovers, make sure that. Yeah, that's my, what it my looks serious like. answer to the question, I mean, I was being flip a minute ago, but the serious answer to the question is I'm going to be watching. You know, he's been, he's been very accurate the last three, well, the last two games uh, in particular since he came back from his break from the, 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 the shoulder thing. Mm. Um, so I'm going to be watching, okay, it, it appears as though he's solved this particular thing about overthrowing guys, which I think was, you know, early season nerves. Yeah. Starting, well, and starting the first time, you know. First and maybe overcompensating for his For injury. the shoulder thing, yeah. absolutely. So I'm going to be watching that. Uh, and, and going to be watching just is he continuing to progress? I feel like we've seen progression mm -hmm. from him, particularly since coming back from that, that one week uh, hiatus. So that's you just continue to see develop because you still have to keep reminding yourself for playing like one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the country. Is still a freshman starting for the first time, right? Right. Like this isn't Justin Fields who came in with some experience under yeah. his belt as a more seasoned transfer type player. So you know, that, that that's really what I'm going to be looking for. All right, defense. You're going to be looking for shut it down. I mean, I I want to see. I don't want to say necessarily. I mean, shutout would be a fantastic. I mean, but this is the kind of game, though, where you would yes. expect the defense could make a statement. Yes, and and that's that's exactly it. And hopefully a pick six, right? What, fifth game in a row? Fifth that in would, a row. That would be sweet. I would enjoy that quite a bit. Um, you, you're not exactly at Iowa's level when it comes to interceptions, but I don't think anyone possibly could be. That's probably the most insane stat of the college football season. Yeah, it's pretty nutty. Interceptions, they have. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to see some more ball hogging. I want to see them taking the ball away and, and – keep that up yeah you, you, you like when they can get an identity yes and, and being ball hawks uh, or being you know whatever it is and right if you're not fantastic at one facet of the defense right or you know maybe overall you're not going to be a top 10 defense something like that you can still add that extra element of taking the ball away and whatnot that can really make other teams you know worry about you all right let's uh let, let's think about uh one of your favorite topics <laughs> Uh, if, if you aren't aware, friends, Johnny writes my favorite series on, on the site, Threat, Threat Level Michigan. Uh, so give, I guess you for your, I asked you for your first half grades for Ohio State. Oh, give, me your, give me your first half grade for your, your, your favorite nemesis uh, <laughs> since you have watched more Michigan film than anybody else listening to this this season. Well, film implies I know what I'm looking at. I've, I've, watched, <laughs> I've watched the games. Um, they're, they've been much better than people expected. Uh, defensively, they you know people expect them to be solid. They've been better than that. Offensively, they found an identity. Like that's that's really it. They're not great offensively. They're a run first team that can be occasionally stopped in the running game. Um, but if you're looking at the team as a whole, I mean, I think you got to give them a B plus, especially given against expectations. They're undefeated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, that's <laughs> don't lose a game. You're doing pretty well, uh, but they haven't played anybody, so. They've got a. They've got Michigan State coming up. Obviously, they got Ohio State. They have some serious tests um, and some serious deficiencies where that can be exploited by teams, especially like Ohio State, with a really good passing game because their corners aren't really anything special. Um, so overall, I think at this point in the season, it's B plus, but really they haven't turned in a whole lot of their work, is what I would say. 
<laughs> All right, it is time for my favorite segment of the show and yours. Ask us anything. Let's and, go. Uh, you know, we're 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 gonna. Be, I want to toss this out there too because we're gonna be doing the road show here, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. We're yes. Recording this live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Grandview. Love it here. Had some fantastic wings. We're gonna be taking the show on the road basically every week between. Now in the Big Ten Championship game uh, at a different site. You can find the schedule yep. of our world oh. tour, our world wing tour <laughs> on 11warriors.com. Uh, so we, we hope as you come out to watch the show, you can ask us anything live from B-Dubs. Yeah, certainly. we'll be in Delaware next week. Delaware next week for uh, a big game mm-hmm. coming up because we're, we're that, that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Just the schedule is going to get really interesting yes. after Indiana because Penn State, Halloween weekend, uh, followed by Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. I mean, that's that's quite a slate. Now, uh, Ask Us Anything is a good time also to remind you that in addition to the Dubcast uh, being sponsored by the official sports bar of 11 Warriors, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, also I'd encourage you to visit the dry goods store at 11warriors.com. Hats, shirts, stickers. I got a couple of nifty stickers here on your old laptop. You're wearing a fine 11 Warriors uh, hockey jersey, right. which I'm, I'm quite jealous of. Uh, go to drygoods.11warriors.com to pick up your swag. We, we are getting into the holiday season here before too long, so it's not too early to buy your Christmas presents. I'm going to ask the first question of you, Johnny Ray Ginner, Do it. and ask us anything. Uh, I noted this week that the college football playoff, if it were today, might feature teams like Georgia, Oklahoma, yes. Alabama, and the University of Cincinnati. Yeah. And so a poll question on uh, our site this week asked, which top five team would you most like Ohio State to meet in the college oh football playoff? And the runaway winner with 40% of the vote as of this recording was the University of Cincinnati. Terrible. Tell me, uh, tell me someone who grew up in the, the greater Cincinnati metropolitan region, how would you feel about facing the Bearcats? In the college football playoff, I don't, I don't want that evil on me. You don't, you don't understand. Well, you understand. I do. I'm you an SOB. Underst- yes, you're from Southwest Southern Ohio. Ohio Correct. But uh, for those who aren't, think about Cincinnati. Okay, so the, you got to draw kind of a demarcation line between Cincinnati Bearcat football fans and Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fans. But let's stick with the football fans. They cannot be allowed to have any modicum of happiness in their entire lives, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that because I hate them, because I have a number of Cincinnati Bearcat fans in my family who are fantastic human beings, and I love them very much. Uh, I don't want them to ever be happy when it comes to sports. And I'm a Bengals and Reds fan, too, and I want to I note that. That's, that's how specific my hate is here. <laughs> so this, if Cincinnati is allowed to get into the college football playoff, and they, they might at this point, um, and they, for some insane reason, beat Ohio State for the first time by no, another Ohio team since what? Like, like Otterbein in 18. Yeah, like literally over 100 years. years. I mean, something dumb like that. They right? will never shut up about yeah, it. You it, will never hear. Never. Ohio State could beat Cincinnati 500,000 times in a row after that. For one time. Won't matter. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that cannot be allowed to happen under any circumstances. So I'm a coward, and I, I want to try to avoid all of that at all costs. Yeah. Now, I know some people are like, well, just play them and then beat them by 50 and then they'll shut up forever. No, they won't. No, no. no they won't. <laughs> no, they won't. Because they'll say, ah, that was just an off day. We'll get you next time. Like, shut up. Just no. That's, you're not as good as a high. And that, that will, they'll never acknowledge that. So avoid the situation altogether. I don't want to see it. I don't need that psychic, like, you know, horribleness hanging over my head. 
You know, um, we talked for a lot of years about why didn't Ohio State basketball schedule more games like Cincinnati, yep. Dayton, you know, some Which of the I'm great, actually cool with, with yeah, basketball. Well, and, and the answer was always like it was th- those were the kind of games that were no-win situations. Like right. if you beat them, you should have, and if you don't, right. you, you look terrible. And to me, that's the Cincinnati game in the playoff for Ohio yes. State. Yes. Is if you beat them, well, you should have. You're Ohio State. And if you don't, it's... Yeah, it's the end of the world. What you and, talked about. And the thing is, like, with basketball, like, there's so much great basketball in southwestern Ohio, right? Like, even right going down to Wright State, yeah. Wright State, UD, Xavier, Cincinnati, there's some really fun basketball being played there. I That was the situation where I definitely wanted Ohio State to get in on that because it's, it's fun as hell. Absolutely. <laughs> Cincinnati football just exists to stick in my crawl, and I don't, like... I like Gino Goduli once when I was a kid, and since then it's just been all downhill. I'm like, no way, get that away from me. All right, your follow-up question then, before I let you open the mailbag, is is Luke Fickle the head football coach at Cincinnati next season? That's a good question. Um, I know I asked it. (laughs) I I think yes. I will say yes still. And I know people are like, oh, well, USC, you got to go to L.A., Fickle didn't strike me as an LA guy. I, I, do, I don't see it. Yeah. yeah. I, he could. He, and if he goes there, God, you know, they're lucky them because yeah, more power if, to him. if they get him, he's fantastic. But I, yeah, I too struggle to see that. I think there's very specific situations that he would go to. I don't think USC is one of them. And I, I here's the thing. All of these schools, whenever you're thinking about a coach going, it's not something as simple as like, okay, well, I'm going to show up at the facility and everything's going to be great. You have to think about the culture of boosters, what fan culture is like. You have to think about, I mean, we talk about facilities. I mean, what are you getting in return for your talents as a coach? You want, you, if you're a guy like Luke Fickle, you have the ability to be really choosy, yeah. right? And he's not going to go into a situation that he doesn't feel 100% comfortable with. And I just, I don't think US, I don't think USC is that, that spot. Now, tipping my hand to what my nightmare scenario is for Luke Fickle next season, I'll ask this follow-up to the follow-up. Okay. Is your favorite coach... Jim Harbaugh coaching at Michigan next year, or has he done enough now to get the extension or at least not get the axe? I mean, he got the extension. Um, yeah, but it was a weird kind of... Yeah, they, they had him, they, they dropped his salary a little bit, and that was kind of maybe COVID-related, but um, he got the extension. I, you know, I think that showed a lot of faith in him, and frankly, like, as long as they finish with nine or ten wins there's no way in hell they're getting rid of them and i've written about this several times like it's they're they're content with that they're fine with that and as long as he wins eight or nine games he could coach until he's 900 years old it's not going to matter yeah um they don't have that standard so i don't need to be super worried that luke fickle's going to show up in ann arbor (laughs) no 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 no, as the next head no 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 no. I i do not foresee that anytime soon all right that was uh that was the end of ask and Andy asks Johnny anything. Now open up the mailbag. What do you have for us for Ask Us Anything? All right, so we got a fantastic question here. This is from Scott from the 503 who wants to know after nearly... The 503, not to be confused with the 513. 513, right, yeah. yes, 503. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but I'm sure it's great because Scott's there. After nearly 60 years, my best friend is getting married for the first time, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, do you have any tips on writing a great wedding toast? Have you uh, given any wedding toasts? No, you know, I haven't. I'm surprised by that. So <laughs> I thought about this once because I was like, you know, I don't know. I've been, in, I've been in one wedding in 40 years of life. Okay. It was my little brother's wedding. Uh, I was not the best man. And I thought, God, my friends just really hate me. I've never been in their <laughs> weddings. And then I remembered, wait, I DJed all their weddings. Because, <laughs> That's right. Because the way I paid for beer and books uh, in, in college and then on through really 
I mean, I, I didn't hang this thing up till probably five or six years ago. We can still ago. find your web. Your website's still out there, dude. <laughs> it probably is. People need to do that. That's People terrible. Need to find, yeah. I, oh, um, no. I, I, but I DJed, you know, of course, when I started, it was uh, proms and high school homecomings, and then it became fraternity formals. And But then right. as all of my friends started getting married, you started DJing their weddings. So I went to all my friends' weddings. Yeah, but you've I, seen tons of them. Yeah, so, I've, so the, the answer to the question, by the way, the 503 is Portland, so... Love that we're literally coast to coast uh, here. That's fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for sending in the question from the left coast. So, you know, great toasts I've seen. Number one, don't get schlobber knockered before you give the toast. Like, that's the, that's the number one thing I see is that the best man has been hitting the old granddad since, yeah. uh, you know, the bachelor party the night before. Good friend of mine did exactly that. And he gets up there and he thinks he's funny. And, oh, spoiler alert, he's yeah. not. Right. <laughs> right. It's only funny if everyone else is also loaded to the gills. <laughs> so that would, be my, that would be my single biggest piece of advice. I've seen some very awkward toasts. Uh, the other thing is... Um, <laughs> don't try to get too cute with your suggestive comments about the bride. Yeah. You know, it's because uh, you think it's funny. Again, it's probably not. <laughs> right. I don't. Here's what I would say, and I've I've been to a number of weddings. I never had to write a toast myself, but I have helped people out with their toasts. Um, I would say, don't just be authentic. Just be honest, because one of the things that people do sometimes when they have these you know, wedding toast is they feel they have to live up to a, a certain expectation or something that, like, this is what a toast looks like or whatever, because they've seen too many movies or whatever. Just be honest. If you like a dude, think he's great, just say that. Like, don't, don't make it into something that it's not. Just be authentic and honest, and people will love that. Like, if you don't have a joke, fine, don't tell a joke. Who cares? Yeah, you, you are not obligated to make anyone cry. <laughs> like, it does not right. have to be the, you know, you, you do not have to be... Uh, a poet laureate here. Um, right. Two, you're not obligated to make anyone laugh either. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to either be the most touching Toastmaster ever, nor do you have to be the funniest. Right. If you are naturally funny, go for it. If you're naturally very gifted at making people feel emotions and you want to emote because this is your, your, your bestest friend in the world and you love them to death, go, go forth and do that. Remember, you are not the star of the show. Exactly. Nobody's going to remember the toast in like five minutes. Nobody is here for the best man. So, right. yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the deal. Yep. So that is Ask Us Anything for this week. Thank you so much for sending those in. Please continue to do so, and we'll continue to answer them. Yeah, look forward to it. And uh, say, with the, with the road show, I uh, especially look forward to getting some Ask Us Anything questions from the audience. All right, let's wrap this thing up in part because uh, we've got a great crowd Browns here. are coming in, The too. Browns are coming yeah, on yeah. as we're finishing up this, so I yep. want to make sure we get the heck out of the way before some rowdy Browns fans run us out of here on our rail. <laughs> so let's finish up with some quick cows. Uh, one, uh, quick cows. So, Malcolm Jenkins, speaking of a great defensive uh, player at The Ohio State University, a new owner of uh, a football team. Burnley FC, I think. Burnley FC, which I have to admit I literally never heard of prior to him, uh, you know, buying in. How dare you? As as a youth (laughs) soccer coach myself, I I think it's great to see uh, an American footballer get involved in the beautiful game in this way. I know you thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool as hell. Yeah, tell tell us... uh, Tell us, is this the next uh, Ted Lasso in the making? No, I mean, he's it's, it's part of a, a, you know, a group that, that bought a stake in it and whatnot. But it's, it's cool to see that kind of uh, integration between, like, American football and then, you know, European football or international football, I guess you would say. 
Um, the other thing I never say, Malcolm Jenkins, one of the best dressed guys Damn. in sports. Like, dude, dude he, knows how to, to wear a suit. He's, he's got some really cool suits and, and fashion choices. I like that guy. A lot. And, and more importantly, like good on him for being as successful as he's been and now parlaying that into business success. Oh, yeah. And sort of just, you know, success on the field. Incredibly intelligent, dude. Yeah. Just really makes great decisions on and off field. We, we talked about a coaching hot seat that maybe isn't so hot in Jim Harbaugh, a coaching hot seat that got way too hot. Ed Orgeron, big, big Ed O, <laughs> out after the season as LSU's head coach. Were you surprised no. at this news? I mean, this has got to be maybe the fall, the, the fastest fall from grace from winning a natty to being out the door. And nobody's surprised. Is anybody surprised? Is any, but seriously, like, did anybody look at Ed Orgeron and go like, yeah, this is a guy who's going to be there for 20 years? Like, no. What a, what a, what a wild and weird career that guy's had. Insane. I mean, yeah. you know, an interim head coach at a couple different places. Don't hit on the wife of board members at gas stations. That's my advice. <laughs> you know, that's uh, hashtag awkward. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to say this. Every time I hear Ed Orgeron talk, I picture Farmer Fran from The Waterboy. I it, it every single time based on him as what no I'm kidding yes <laughs> yeah, yeah based on a true story yeah uh, speaking of coaches who lost too many football games uh, Urban Meyer got his first win as an NFL coach had to uh, had to go across an ocean to get the job done but got Bill it Belichick, done Bill Belichick watch your back <laughs> did you watch this game this no. is like the breakfast special I'm not getting up at nine a.m. to watch an zero and five team play a one and four team or whatever <laughs> in, in London no less yeah. uh, twenty three to twenty on a last second fifty three yard field goal I mean that kind of felt fitting you know special teams play right. wins the game yes. good on good on Coach Meyer all right. It's been a great show, Johnny. Yes. Uh, I'm excited about the rest of the tour. As you mentioned, we're going to be in Dublin next right, Delaware. week. Delaware. Delaware. Sorry, yes. The, the other D uh, yes. suburb of the great. You count Delaware, I guess, is not really a suburb. It's in its own little, own little town. Own little world. Own little town. So uh, speaking of Delaware, not only will we be broadcasting there on Thursday, but uh, the Delaware Kennel Club hosts its annual dog show Saturday and Sunday at the Delaware County Fairgrounds. So highly encourage people to go out. Fantastic. That's where I'll be. So you Hell can yeah. stop by and say hi there. All right. Big game this weekend. What's your, what's your score prediction? Give us, give us the number. Ohio State over Indiana. You said by 45, I think. 100 points. I'm trying. I'm going to look up exactly what I told Dan. You said 45 earlier. I've got witnesses. Uh-huh. He said it. I said, actually, well, close to 45. I said 56-13, good guys, which is not a super likely score, but let's go with the average, I guess. I said 56-13. What do you got? Let's see. Let me me see what I told Dan for my official prediction. Okay, official prediction I gave was 49-17. I may be being a little generous to uh, Indiana's offense, but I guess I want to be proven wrong that Ohio State's defense is ready to pitch a shutout. Let's... Let's find out. Maybe 49's a little low. I don't know, but maybe I'm going to give Tom Allen a little bit more credit that his defense can uh, do something at some point. Or or maybe more likely, Ohio State's putting in the second team right. earlier in the second half. We'll yeah. see. Time will tell. We'll find out on Saturday night. You'll stay tuned for full coverage at 11warriors.com, a site that you should visit early and often. And we'll be back to talk about it next week, and we'll give you more wing reviews (laughs) from BW3s when we do it. Until then, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. Thanks for joining us to the 11 Dubcast.